Hi, this is Debony Morgan, your host for Zeitgeist Podcast, The Spirit of Now, where we talk with spiritual leaders and influencers and just cool folks to give you an insight into what's going on at ZG and what kind of spiritual happenings are going on in the world at large. Today, we're talking to someone we've spoken to before, our storyteller guy, Phil Foster, who is also our recluse in residence. Uh, Phil is a wonderful guy that is ordained in the Disciples of Christ and also has shamanic training. He is a retired professional counselor and supervisor, so he's bringing that therapeutic piece. And he's also a lay Cistercian at the Monastery of the Holy Spirit. So Phil's got a lot of ground covered. But we're talking to him today specifically about storytelling because he's going to be sharing a story with us on Friday, April 23rd. And we wanted a little more background about storytelling in general, talk about our last gathering, and maybe pose a few questions that will help you be ready to attend our next storytelling event. So Phil, it's great to talk to you again. Welcome to the spirit of now. As our recluse in residence, that reminds me that you are R&R like rock and roll. <laughs> well, we'll we'll rock and roll some storytelling today. How's that? I believe it. I believe it. Great to talk with you, Debbie. Cool. Uh, so let's let's start. I mean, some people have listened to our prior conversation, and some may not have. Um, so let me start with a very basic question: Why are we doing storytelling, and what does that have to do with spirituality? Like, what is the importance of that? Which which is a really important question. Maybe the important question in, in this context. We're all telling stories. We have our, our individual stories that we tell and that go through all these permanutions, all these chapters in our lives. And um, there's meaning and there's non-meaning and uh, <laughs> there's randomness and there's coherence. And so we're all doing this all the time. Uh, and we are collectively also telling stories and people have always told stories. That seems to be one of the things that characterizes our species. We tell stories. There are other things, but one of the things we do is, is tell stories. So one of the things that has impressed me throughout my life has been when people gather together to tell and listen to stories, something powerful happens, something important happens, something um, large happens. We get in touch with um, ourselves in new ways, and we get in touch with what community is like in different ways and very meaningful ways. Um, you know, it, it, storytelling is a lot like dream work to me. Mm-hmm. And in dream work, we ask questions about, you know, what do all these characters represent that I'm dreaming about? The same is true in storytelling. What are, are, are these characters parts of me? Are they outside of me? Are both of those things true? we can look at the characters and the plot lines in the, in stories as thematic, thematic um, variations that go on in the universe as a whole. We can look at them as energies in the universe. 
And what is our relationship to that? How do we react to stories? Um, and we also know that, you know, there is no the story. There's no, there probably is a grand story. And how privy are we, are we to that? Well, our, our physicists are, are, are working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best they can tell us is we're all dancing strings telling stories at this point. So, <laughs> so we tell stories for, I, I think, to build community, to understand community better, to come together. And storytelling has a power of reconciliation and healing. Um, so mm-hmm. there are a number of levels that, that storytelling is, is just extremely powerful. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, as we were joking before, I mean, this could, be a, this could be a conversation that went on for months and months, just talking about the power and the importance of story. Let me ask you specifically, and this will be a segue into, you know, where we wanted to go to talk about the gathering, but, you know, so you can access story via reading a book, you can watch a movie, you can stream an entire television series. There are many ways to encounter story. Say a little bit more about the magic of, you know, person-to-person storytelling. Yeah, the sense of transparency and openness that is created both, uh, you know, even one-on-one telling story, telling your story to someone else, or telling uh, a story with which you're familiar, or again, in a, in a, like in a gathering, um, we, we begin to, to discover who we really are. We begin, the story helps us to drop some of our uh, preconceived notions about the way things are. For instance, you know, oh, you like that character? I didn't like that character at all. I thought that character was, you know, really out of bounds. Um, I mean, we saw some of that with, you know, the last telling. And that particular story always elicits that kind of, of, of uh, you know, responds in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of Bluebeard, which is the last story we told. And I've told that story hundreds of times, literally, both one-on-one and with large groups of people. And the response is, uh, is often the same. In our group, but we had, I think, about 45 people. It was a nice group of folks mm-hmm. who joined us in the ethers. And, 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 and some people were really put off by the story, right? And that, as well they should be, right? You know, <laughs> some people were very put off by the story. Other people were uh, enchanted, you know, by the story, <laughs> to use a storytelling word. You know, they really got sucked into it and what's going to happen and, you know, all this. Uh, some people were very confessional, I thought. It, I was a little surprised even right. about how deeply it affected them, both both negatively and about how much, uh, again, they identified with a certain character that maybe most people weren't identifying with. And that's always good to hear. It's good to hear because it humanizes all these elements that are in each of us. I, I think it's also also always interesting um, when people get together and tell stories, people remember different things. Was that said? Really? I don't remember that. You know, that's always the case. And it tells us something about ourselves and it tells us something about 
you know, this particular community that we're in, right. um, people object to, you know, how things go, right? What would I change? What, you know, at what point would I change it? Would I change the beginning? Would I change the end? Would I change the middle, you know? And the other thing is where, where do I encounter um, surprise? I think, I think that's one of the best things that we can share with one another in life. Uh, and story is great for eliciting that. That really surprised me. I didn't see that coming or I didn't expect that reaction from someone else in this group. So those are all, um, it opens us. It, it makes us, it drops our preconceived, uh, our, our cancel culture, our politically correct, our day-to-day personas that we present to the world. It sort of allows us and gives us permission to just be very transparent and authentic. And, and I think the last telling was very typical in that regard because it really touched some people in a very profound and loving and meaningful way. And it also really got some people upset and, uh, you know, so, so, and that's fairly typical of storytelling and storytelling in communities, but it's impossible for that group not to convene again, at least some of them and not to have been affected by that to say, Oh, I remember that such and such happened here. This offended someone or it really surprised me that that person identified with that character so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to end, emphasize the aspect of safety that uh, I think that, that to pat ourselves on the back, I think that we create an environment where people feel like it's okay to disagree and it's okay to be transparent and, and talk about how that, that reminds you of something that was painful for you. And so, um, you know, as a storyteller, you've really created this, this warm and accepting environment for people to have genuine responses to the tale. And uh, I think at ZG, we really work hard conscientiously to make it a place for people to bring themselves and to really absorb things deeply. Knowing that you may disagree with someone else, or you Absolutely. may have a reaction, that being the point that we learn to um, hold uh, different reactions, knowing that people's experiences are, are different. There is no correct experience our interpretation of the story. Now, we can certainly talk about certain universal elements that may emerge in the telling or in the, in the receiving of the story. What, what the community, what the gathering, uh, you know, what it elicits with them. But there is no correct interpretation of right. any story. I mean, you look at the, you know, you look at Buddhism, you look at Christianity, you know, these stories that have been told for thousands of years now, and there are all kinds of sects and denominations and ways of interpreting and thinking about that and being with that and having experience of that. Um, yeah. So, and, and I would add that that fluidity of response is not just between different people at the same moment, but it's also within ourselves. Um, when I was younger, I made the practice of rereading the women who run with the wolves every mm-hmm. other year. Because the way I would come at it would be different after two years of life experience and the place where it would connect with me would be different. So that fluidity is even within ourselves when we come back to approach the same content. 
Absolutely. Really well said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what people can expect when they come to uh, our next one. And, and for our audience, this is something that we're hoping to do every quarter because this, this storytelling gathering is so juicy and such a, and, and Phil, we're so lucky to have you to do that for us. Do you have any teaser questions for people if, they, if they're going to uh, log in and listen to Skeleton Woman? Is there anything that they might want to chew on before they approach the story with you? Well, of course, as we as we've mentioned, and you mentioned just now, we've mentioned before, uh, there there are two primary source textbooks for my storytelling. There are many, many uh, books and sources for storytelling, but two really important ones in my life have been uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Women Who Run With Wolves. And sort of a counterbalance and dance with that book is the book by Michael Mead, a mythologist called uh, Men and the Water of Life, uh, which is a, uh, yeah, both just wonderful, rich, uh, love the word juicy. That's a great word. Uh, just full, fecund uh, uh, storytelling and master mythologists who, who talk about the implications of these stories. So that's a good source for people to check out. I would say that, um, you know, in, in regards to Skeleton Woman in particular, I would say, you know, there's a continuation of the sense of the, the feminine being the protagonist in, in both of these stories. In Bluebeard, um, the youngest sister is um, the, the protagonist. And then in the story of Skeleton Woman, we, we in, in many ways, watch a woman over the course of her life, though the, the, the very beginning of her life and the very end of her life are, are just alluded to almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this middle piece. It's all the journeying in between the beginning and the end that, that uh, the story takes up. Um, it might be a story about romance. It certainly could be interpreted that way. And what do we mean by romance? What do we mean by relatedness with with, um, men and women in this particular case, in the literal case of the story, it is a a young fisherman and a skeleton woman uh, who get involved. And, um, but it, it could just as easily be two men or two women or two, uh, you know, non-binary people, um, just as easily. We can't get too hung up on the literalism in stories. If we start taking things literally, that's where fundamentalism comes in. That's where my tribe begins to shrink. If you're shrinking the tribe, then you're not really telling much of a story. You're talking to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we want, we want to broaden the base with storytelling. Uh, this story might be about managing fear. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a skeleton woman. It's kind of a scary <laughs> story, right? She's a skeleton woman. So there's some pieces about managing fear. It might be about um, what I would call deep listening. What do we really listen to? Not just that normal chatter that runs through my head all day long, as most of us do in modern life. We're constantly running a story in our head. What's up underneath that? 
There's some deep listening that goes on in this story. It's very powerful, and it invites us to develop that, uh, that facility, that listening within ourselves and with others. It might be a story about what service looks like. Mm. It might be a story about how we are uh, conceived as elders. It might be a story about the spiritual path in general. It might be about something else that I haven't thought of. It might be (laughs) about something else that we discover uh, when we gather together. I think it's all those things and more. I have heard all those things and more talked about um, in the telling of Skeleton Woman in the past. It is absolutely one of my favorite stories. Oh, I'm so glad that that you're going to be sharing it with us from that from that place. And I love the the openness with which we can say it might be this, it might be that. It reminds me that Jesus taught in parables and it reminds me of tarot reading that the 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 real power is where you meet yourself through this. It's, it's not uh, knowledge that gets handed to you to file in the correct place in your brain. It's an open way of engaging with meaning and wisdom in order to find, find yourself. And so um, I just very, very grateful for this opportunity, Phil, that we're going to get to listen to you again. And ho- uh, hopefully we're going to make the drums work okay this time. I mean, the, the drum works fine. Phil works fine. Uh, Zoom's audio is where we've got our challenge. And I think we're up to that challenge this time. We will, we will either drum or we will not. We and will it's going to be great either way. <laughs> Well, let me go ahead and close out by reminding folks that, um, you know, if if you are as enamored with Phil as we are, we encourage you to join us on Friday, April 23rd, 7 p.m. This event will be a ZG Zoom event, um, but we are hoping in the future that uh, we will be able to get together in the same room and experience that kind of gathering with a hybrid event as Zooming it as well. But in the meantime, this will be an online event. Um, Phil, you feel like this story is going to be okay for children or what should uh, parents have in mind if they want to bring the whole family? I think this, I think this is pretty PG. I think so too. I, I think this is pretty PG. Uh, it, it, it does, it, it's no worse than most fairy tales, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which can be pretty bad, but it's, this one's pretty benign. I think for the most part, it is a skeleton woman. It is a skeleton. Yeah, I, I think kids spend a lot of Halloween time looking at skeletons. I think. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's it's probably a little easier to digest for kids than Bluebeard is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, in, in the future we'll have to have a a, a more therapeutic conversation about Bettelheim and how <laughs> kids interact with fairy tales. That might be a, a good conversation for another time. Um, so here's how it works, folks, is this is a free event, but you do need to register or you won't get the link. So you can visit our website at zgatl.org, and there's a link right on the front page. You can go out and register and join us to listen to Phil talk about Skeleton Woman. Thanks so much for your time and wisdom and joy that you always bring today, Phil. Um, very we'll- here. I look forward to seeing everybody again. Yeah, me too. Thanks, folks. See you there.